Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. I mean, listen, you don't make this deal thinking that you've got a, a, a guy who's going to be you know, blending in with the Boy Scouts. Like, you understand the risk that comes along with Kyrie. Mavericks essentially made the decision that the skill justifies the risk. And then, and that's what this is. Now, it's kind of a trial period for both sides, right? But I think more so, if we're being frank, for, for Kyrie Irving. He's the one who has the leverage, who kind of has all, all the cards to play. They're not going to talk extension because he wants a four-year deal. That's Tim McMahon of ESPN on uh, the risk involved with the Dallas Mavericks being the team to step up and appease the Brooklyn Nets in a trade offer for their mm-hmm. perpetually disgruntled star guard and Kyrie yep. Irving. Yep, uh, He's ecstatic to be playing in Dallas with Luka Doncic. We'll see how long that ecstasy lasts. How long does the uh, club drug ecstasy normally last, Vic? I wouldn't know, Vinny. No? I have uh, I have no experience with that. <laughs> I have a lot of experience in life, but not with that. Well, well, let me, me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you what do you think? Sorry, what what do you got for us there? Yeah, yeah, anytime now. Oh, I would say about six six hours probably. Just kidding. I absolutely have no idea. <laughs> but what are we saying? Three weeks for Kyrie and Luca? They have 28 games left. The Dallas well, Mavericks have played 54 games. I've got 28 games left and the playoffs. It's not a guarantee. Dallas is in sixth right now. The no. Lakers are twenty five and twenty ninth, and, and twenty nine. They're in thirteenth place. There's no if this goes south early, this could bury the Dallas Mavericks. Again, playoff uh, hopes. right? And, and again, and I'm not going to bury Dallas for for taking this shot. I'm not going to make fun of Dallas for no, taking I'm this gonna shot. No, I'm going to thank them. Well, yeah. Again, because we don't know the inner workings of what's happening in Dallas, and and you know they've got a, a top three player in Lucas, so this might work for them. I I what I want to focus on is. is is, is why I don't think it would have worked for us and why I was really kind of stunned that it even became a thing. I'll be honest with you. So Friday when the news breaks that Kyrie Irving wants out of Brooklyn and he gets traded before the end of the weekend, that Jay Crowder still hasn't been traded. No. <laughs> compare those yeah, compare those two trade requests. Tell me which one got done a little faster. All right, so to me on Friday, I hear Kyrie Irving wants out of Brooklyn. My thoughts immediately went to Kevin Durant. Not in my wildest dreams did I think the Phoenix Suns would have any interest in a guy like Kyrie Irving, especially when they're a basketball team that has been so reliant on culture. I mean, it's been their whole thing for two-plus years. So why would you go get a guy like that? Well, the answer is is because you think you need a, another legitimate on-the-ball, off-the-ball, create-your-own-shot kind of score in the NBA playoffs, which the Phoenix Suns most assuredly do. Mm-hmm. But Kyrie Irving, he, everything he touches, he ruins. And so, and so, I was actually a little disturbed that the Phoenix Suns were in this. Now, granted, they they it it, it feels to me like they were in it. They put their toe in the water, but the fact that they offered up Chris Paul in trade talks is you can't avoid that. People, people locally who have be who have. You know, watch Chris Paul be the the centerpiece of this basketball team for a long period of time, um, and it, it's just a hard thing to kind of look in the face and try yes. to get your head around. Yes, and 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 this could go one of two ways because we don't know what Chris Paul's status is for the rest of this week. Will he be a member of the Suns come Friday? That remains to be seen. This report is out there. 
Normally you don't see reports like this right on the heels of a trade. Uh, again, John Hollinger from The Athletic was like, wow, <laughs> you want to ensure right. you don't do any deals with right. that team again. Right. Leak what they offered in a, in a trade. Chris Paul could go one of two ways on this. He could go, wow, you tried to trade me after all I've given to this organization for the, two, the last two-plus years? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how it's going to be. Or he could be, which I think he will be, if he's if he's a member of the Suns, hey, this is a business. I've been in this thing for 17, 18 years. I know how this works at mm-hmm. this point. You know, let, let's move forward. But, again, we don't know which... We don't know which tact he'll be forced to take because we don't know if he's going to be Phoenix Sun or not. Right. If they were willing to offer him on Sunday for something uh, that they thought would improve the team, mm-hmm. what's preventing them from offering him up in, in, in future deals between now and Thursday? Uh, well, yeah, that's exactly right. And so now when you ask me what, what do I think about that, I'm not necessarily against the idea given Chris Paul's contract and given the fact that Chris Paul has clearly lost a little something off his fastball. Mm-hmm. And, and at least consistently. So I'm not necessarily against that idea, but again, it just it just feels it feels it really feels like the next iteration of the Phoenix Suns might be dramatically different than the team we've come to know and love. What's, what's stopping them from trading Chris Paul now is there's probably not a point guard to replace him to get back in a deal. Fred Van Vliet. Oh, touche. I mean, th- that's the thing is 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 when you look at what. <laughs> What the weakness of the Phoenix Suns is right now, it's, you know, what do they have behind Chris Paul? Mm-hmm. With all due respect to Saban Lee, who's feeling his way through things and becoming acclimated to this team, but the fact that they have to rely that heavily on a guy who was on two 10-day contracts and now is on a two-way deal, yeah. that's not ideal. And you no. don't seem to get any updates on the, on the, on the health status of Cameron Payne. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily portends great things at this point. No, and, and Vinny, here's the other thing, too. When, when you start thinking about this basketball team and how they feel about themselves, if Everything is up in the air, and if this basketball team, at the core of it, knows that everything is changing and that the GM might be um, in the crosshairs, and who knows if what Monty Williams' future might be, all this stuff is going to affect the way the team feels about itself and how the team responds, because that's just the way it works in professional athletics. And it, it's it, and you know how this works. And and you sent me this this story, this report about Isaiah Thomas being linked to Matt Ishbia and how multiple sources have said Isaiah Thomas is going to be part of this management structure, whatever it happens to be, and as you pointed out from day one, so is Mateen Cleaves, former Spartan great, who was... Yeah, he was there on the front row wearing his son's t-shirt on Saturday night. And and so so we all know what's happening. So here's what happens. A guy like Matt Matt Ishbia, who lives on the other side of the country, he buys the Phoenix Suns. There are a lot of people in his orbit, a lot of basketball people who want big jobs in the NBA, and they will go to Matt Ishbia, and they will tell them... necessarily badmouth James Jones and Monty Williams, but they'll point out how they could do a better job than than James Jones or Monty Williams because that's the way the world works. Mm-hmm. And so the incoming owner is going to have this whole cadre of friends and people who have basketball experience, whether it's Mateen Cleaves or you name them, and, and they're all going to be in Matt Ishbia's ear. So Matt Ishbia is going to have to have a real good filter in terms of, you know, what he believes going forward. Yeah, this came from a Fox Sports article that uh, was published on Friday. It was written by John Fanta. 
but uh, paragraph reads, multiple sources have indicated to Fox Sports NBA analyst Rick Bucher that the expectation is Thomas, the two-time world champion and 12-time All-Star, will be hired by Ishbia to be part of the Suns' front office. Thomas is close with former Oklahoma City uh, Thunder VP and Ishbia ally Paul Rivers, who has also been rumored to be a candidate to join the Suns organization as well. You wonder about the timing of all this. Is this happening day one? Is this happening at the end of the year? Are they going to let this current iteration of the Suns uh, try to finish what they started two years ago right. with that march to the finals? Look, I, I just the timing well, of it to me, I would hope that they leave well enough alone until the Suns play their final game uh, of this season. To have a major upheaval in, in the front office, I mean, ownership is one thing, and, and, and the wheels have been in motion for a long time. Yep. But to do that front office-wise and philosophy-wise on, on you know, the, the the drop of a dime, it, it just it, it doesn't seem right. It, it's it's well, a rare situation, but it just seems weird. A little bit. I agree with that. There's also the weirdness of, okay, if you were really in on Kyrie Irving, then the package you offered up wasn't, it wasn't even close to what Dallas was giving him. And and if and if you could have had the deal done with three first round picks, the Suns certainly have the draft picks to do it. Oh, yeah. but, but they were also smart enough to realize, I don't know, we got to hedge our bets a little bit with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But still, I it's I, I I just really wonder what they foresaw happening at the end of this year had they been able to get Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I wonder because there's a lot of people that think that Kyrie's in in Dallas for the duration of this season, and he's a free agent at the end of the year, and it's just just a stopover until he gets to L.A. again. Uh, Join Burns and Gambo this Thursday, February 9th from 2 to 6 p.m. at Safeway on 83rd Avenue in Camelback for Coca-Cola's Game Time Rewards Meet NFL alum Jay Feely and enter to win over $50,000 in prizes. Just head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details. Coming up next, if you watch the Arizona Cardinals early this season and thought to yourself, they don't look prepared. Don't worry. You weren't alone. We'll tell you the latest on that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from Media Row at Super Bowl 57 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Football series. It was fireworks. Buda Baker coming from center field. Pick it off Derek Carr on the sideline. What a play from the Arizona Cardinal who's brilliant all over Vegas. You can't beat, for my money, the pageantry of flag football on a Sunday What'd afternoon you think of in it? early February. I didn't watch a second. Oh, of you it didn't? Okay. That clip I just watched of Buda Baker making that pick, as called by Pat McAfee on uh, ESPN. That's uh, as much as I watched. Apparently, the players liked it. G- Geno Smith looked like a thirty-five million dollar a year quarterback playing flag football. That was one of my early takeaways. <laughs> that when you when they're playing flag football, you get an idea of just how great these quarterbacks are. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I get a better idea of how great they are when somebody's actually trying to kill them. Well, but that but that's my point. You're seeing them without fear. Yeah. They're, you you're seeing them just deal. Yeah. You're seeing pure talent and athleticism. That is true. Did you watch it, Ferret? I did not. No. Okay. I just saw clips. 
so someone else. Then why are you chiming in? Jared, Jared just watches clips. Yeah. I feel I so. Good. I'm so lonely in the studio. I bet you are, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's your I hand fruit for today? <laughs> I don't even have a hand fruit today. Oh my goodness. I'm sitting here on, on a day hungry. when I am not there to bust on you. You uh, you talk about uh, uh, the mice being able to play when the cat's away. What? Come, what fun is it getting neck deep in a juicy pear without you looking at me? That's a good point. Oh, right. Without the danger of getting busted. Yeah, it's a good point. I watched the great catch competition. Yeah. Receivers doing the little trampoline thing with uh -huh. the soft landing pad. That was pretty fun. It was kind of okay. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of okay. Kind of okay. It was kind of okay. I thought the NFL skills, I don't know if you watched the NHL stuff on Friday night. No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> okay. I still think there's one and a half good all-Star weekends or festivities, the baseball All-Star game will always be the best, in my opinion. All right. Because it actually resembles the sport that it's being modeled after. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, Buda Baker did make that pick in uh, the NFC's flag football win uh, in Las Vegas. But Buda made some comments over the weekend about this, the way this quarterback, or the way the season went for the Arizona Cardinals. And... Go back to August, Bick, when we were talking about you know our perceptions of training camp, preseason, how it was handled by the Cardinals or how it was mishandled by the Cardinals and what kind of ramifications and effects that would have. And that was, um, look, they don't look like they're getting ready for the season. Buda Baker pretty much said as much over the he weekend. He did say as much. Quote, uh, this is from Buda. It started with the beginning of the season in training camp when we had a lot of injuries. And hold-ins, by the way. Uh, quarterback Kyler Murray was sick. We really didn't have a lot of players practicing and doing a lot during training camp, which then, of course, uh, led to that kind of a blank show week one versus Kansas City. Uh, then he talked about, you know, more, more on the season. He said, quote, I definitely... Definitely felt like we were on the right path. You know, in training camp, it was definitely startling to not see a lot of starters practicing and stuff like that. Because I know, um, you know, especially with the preseason games, none of us played in the preseason. It's just kind of going through training camp, which was not a lot of people. And we got to week one. It showed who was prepared. I don't think we were as prepared in the beginning of when it all started than uh, what we could have been. Yeah, listen. So uh, it, it, to me, Cliff Kingsbury, I read that and I was filled with new rage. I didn't. I thought all of my rage for Cliff Kingsbury was gone and expired. Vinny. Again, we had similar feelings. Yeah, I thought it was a lost cause, and then I read that, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And this, again, is proof of what I've really believed for years about football players. In real time, none of them want to be yelled at. None of them want to be pushed. None of them want to be told what to do. And, and yet, if you are the head coach, because nobody, I have never seen an NFL head coach in all of my years lean into being a player's head coach like Cliff Kingsbury leaned into it. He leaned into it to the point where if you did not want to practice, that's good by him because you do you. It's your career. Yeah. You do with it what you want. And I'm like, okay. And and everybody, you, you saw what happened when Cliff lost his job. The outpouring of quote-unquote love from people. He was such a decent human being. I just want to thank Cliff for being a great dude. What does that get you? Do you know Fired. what it gets you? It gets you one and eleven over your last twelve home games. It gets you four and seventeen over your last twenty. It, it gets you nothing, because right. football players, if you give them the option not to work, guess what? Yeah. They're going to not work. 
Guys like Buda Baker and J.J. Watt, they're going to still work. But everybody else are going to like, oh, look, cool. And J.J. Watt's not part of the mix moving forward. Buda Baker is still the leader of this football team, yeah. unequivocally. So to hear mm-hmm. him say this now, is it a little too late? Yes, but it's it, it, it could hold firm yeah. for the next head coach. And if you go back to the course of the season, Vic, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it. When players started to drop off with injuries and the Cardinals did look unprepared and the media started asking questions, hey, are you going to revisit how you do training camp? Because at that time, you're like, Cliff Kingsbury just got a massive extension. He's not going anywhere unless this thing completely falls apart, which it did. Which it did. But at that time, he was like, yeah, you know what, we're going to look at some things. I hope these comments from Buda Baker resonate with the next head coach because the wave is to be that player's guy, to be friendly. You gotta have a, you gotta have an in between, and there was no in between. They have to work. You have to build your calluses in, in, in training camp in the preseason, and the Cardinals had no calluses uh, and they got blistered because of it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, nice little play on words there. Wow. That was well done, man. Am I spitting again? Yeah, that was pretty well done. <laughs> yes, they did get burned by that, and and again, it's it's it, no one's going to complain about it in real time. It's like it's like the old comedian I won't say his name who gives his kid cake for breakfast. The kid's going to love you for it, but the kid knows it's not good for him. Yes, right. Yes, <laughs> they're going to go. It's yeah, right. Someone's something's wrong with dad. The Arizona Cardinals ate a steady diet of chocolate cake for cake breakfast, for breakfast yeah. every morning during That's the twenty twenty two season. That's exactly what they did, and you saw what it got. And just like that comedian who said it, everybody got canceled. <laughs> as far as, yeah. That dude for, did not get canceled. He just sold out MSG. For far different reasons. No, we're talking about a different. No, community. we're talking about a different one. We're talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, so so to me, this is. I read that and I thought, oh my, the truth is coming. Just like the truth came from Buddha at the end of the previous season when he said, yeah, guys got real lax in details. So I mean, I and that that again, this is the thing about the current coaching surge and the thing about Michael Bidwell right now. Had he never extended Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, he wouldn't have. Half the credibility crisis he has right now. You're right, but uh, and people will say, "Well, what, where was Buddha during all of this?" You saw the impassioned speech that led off of hard knocks after the mm-hmm. Philly game. Mm-hmm. He was tired of it then. The season yeah. was salvageable at that point. That's Where was J.J. Right. Watt in all of this? One of the things that we saw on a consistent basis uh, on Hard Knocks every week was J.J. Watt telling everybody, do more, break down film, yeah, don't rest. Th- those were the guys, but those were right. th- th- those voices were, you know, Apparently not impactful enough because it didn't no, sink in with anybody. Because else. the head coach didn't mind because he wouldn't enforce it. It's it, it's just dreadful. Yeah, you yeah. can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell's got uh, the Rush Hour reboot. Lots of big stories to get into today. We'll do it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from Media Road, Super Bowl fifty seven here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome on into Bickley and Murata Mornings. 
on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are not in our usual location. Well, three of us aren't. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata, and myself, Sarah Cazell. We are all at Media Row in downtown Phoenix. We'll be here all week in the lead-up to Super Bowl 57 right down the street from us at State Farm Stadium. We're going to take you through the top stories of the day now in the Rush Hour Reboot. Like I said, I'm Sarah with Dan Bickley. Hey. Hey. Vince Morata. Yeah. And Jarrett Carlin back in the studio. Get your gamey meat out of here. Oh, good. All right, let's start with the big news in the NBA. Yesterday and this morning, Kyrie Irving, no longer a Brooklyn Net. That experiment is over. He is now a Dallas Maverick. On Friday, in case you missed it, after our show, Kyrie Irving said he wanted a trade uh, after he and the Nets could not agree on an extension. He sat out Saturday's game against the Wizards, and then yesterday, poof, he was traded to the Mavericks. Now, Chris Haynes of TNT and Bleacher Report reported yesterday that the Suns offered up Chris Paul and, of course, Jay Crowder, plus a first-round pick to get Irving. But the Athletics' Shams Charania reported that the Nets were looking for more like three first-round draft picks from the Suns. Here is Chris Haynes yesterday explaining some of his reporting. The Phoenix Suns, and this may surprise folks, sources have told me that they proposed a package based around Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and an unspecified pick for Kyrie Irving. And at the end of the day, the Nets felt like the Mavericks had the best package because, again, it was important to try to keep the team afloat with KD's arrival coming in the next couple of weeks. Okay. First, are you guys disappointed that it did not work out for Kyrie Irving to be a Phoenix Sun? I am not. I again, like I said earlier, when the news broke on Friday, I was I was immediately thinking about Kevin Durant. I was not aware, I was not ready for the Suns pursuing Kyrie Irving, who I do not think is somebody uh, a mature, reasonable person who wants to add to their basketball team. So. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll elaborate on what Vic said. Hell no, I wasn't disappointed. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm really not. I mean, it, it's I recognize what an incredible offensive talent he is. We've seen it. Um, we've seen it in Game Seven of the NBA Finals, but the drama, oh my mm-hmm. goodness. No. No thank you. And the fact that he's probably a rental player. Right. Unrestricted free agent this summer no. used to say that he and the Mavs actually yeah. come to an agreement on a deal. Uh, yeah, I, I do find it funny. There's a clip from Arrested Development of Job or no, excuse me, of Tobias, where he's talking with his wife, and they're talking about therapy, and this, oh, all these couples think that it's going to work for them. It never works for them, but maybe it works for us. And that's what I think about when I think of Kyrie Irving going to a new team. Maybe it will work for us. It was the last three relationships that were the problem. They were the problem, not this guy. All right, so the Mavericks get Kyrie Irving now playing alongside Luka Doncic. Luka hasn't had a, a, a running mate at this level, really, since he uh, entered the NBA. Chris Tapps, maybe, but um, huge star that he's playing with now. Do you believe that Dallas is a legitimate threat in the West as we look to the playoffs? I, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I do know that Luka was, was whining about wanting help. Uh, but I also know that the guys they gave up, I, I'm I'm a big Spencer right. Dinwiddie fan and yeah. Dorian Finney-Smith. These are both guys that the Mavericks have leaned on to make the open shots when defenses collapse on Luka and or Jalen Brunson in the past. Uh-huh. So I don't know where the kickouts are going. Yeah. Max Kleber? 
uh, who's hurt still. Uh, they got a couple of guys that could still do that. Davis Berton. Davis Berton. But of course, as as much as I'm against, I'm anti Kyrie. To answer your question, Sarah, no, they're they're not out of the running for a championship. I think most of that has to do with the way the Western Conference looks. Yeah. We're all sitting here talking about the Suns' place. If the Suns are still in the thick of things, Dallas is still in the thick of things because nobody has really asserted itself. I think it will fix itself in terms of Dallas kind of playing itself out of championship contention. Mm-hmm. Again, because of the drama that, that, that comes along with Kyrie Irving. By the way, you know how many games Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving played together in Brooklyn? I do. <laughs> 74. For all of that, all those headlines, all that ink, all that expectation, three yeah. years they played 74 games together. Yeah. What a waste. Truly. it's a good way of putting it. The, the Nets are in their flop era, as the kids would say. Does your daughter say that, Bickley, the flop era? Uh, I don't think I've heard that from her. Okay. I haven't heard that either. Not yet. No. I haven't heard flop but then again, since Dick but, Fosbury but then again, <laughs> revolutionized the high jump. My, my kids have stopped talking to their parents for fear of us co-opting their language. <laughs> That's We're sus. just not talking to you, Mom and Dad, because you're stealing all our stuff. That's hilarious. All right, let's get to the Arizona Cardinals and That's their now month-long <laughs> coaching search. They fired Cliff Kingsbury on Monday, January 9th. Today is Monday, February 6th. Goodness gracious. Yes. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported yesterday that they are down to three finalists now. Brian Flores, the Dolphins' uh, former head coach and now a defensive assistant with the Steelers. Mike Kafka, the Giants' offensive coordinator. And Luana Rumo. <laughs> I'm not as good as you are, Vince. Luana Rumo. Oh, All right. Bad. All right. Yes, you have to throw in the all right at the end. Uh, he is the Bengals' defensive coordinator. Dan Bickley, come back to us. I'm good. I'm here. Uh, Vance Joseph is still under contract with the Cardinals, but, but he's I could no say longer. that because I'm Vinny Marai. Right. You know exactly. What I'm exactly right, man. Exactly. exactly right. I think my grandfather, Tony Barata, would You've be very proud license. of what we're doing here. Yeah. Right. Uh, Vance Joseph still under contract with the Cardinals, but no longer a candidate for the head coach opening. Uh, how comfortable are you guys with one of those three candidates being the next head coach of the Cardinals? Anna Rumo, uh, Kafka, or Flores? Yeah, Flores. Yes, you can sell me on the virtue of that. The other two, I would be really kind of like, come on. Uh, With all due respect to Mike Kafka and Luana Rumo, I just, um, yeah, I I want experience on the job. I made that very, very clear. I'm not interested in somebody who's never done the job before. I also am looking for experience on the job, so Flores is my first choice. I'm warming to the idea of Anna Rumo or, or Kafka because I'm putting faith in this process, this wide and far net that's being cast with Monty Ossenfort's influence. So there's still a pecking order for me. But I you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I you know wasn't excited to see what Kafka or Anna Rumo could do in this situation. Okay, so it sounds like Flores is number one yes. in that pecking order. Yes. How do you stack the other two? Um, Kafka and Anna Rumo. Almost even, but Kafka with his offensive acumen would probably rate a little bit higher. For me anyway. Okay. Now, of the three candidates dismissed by the Cardinals, Vance Joseph, Brian Callahan, and Aaron Glenn, mm-hmm. were you disappointed to see any of those guys go? 
No, 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 no. I was I was intrigued by Brian Callahan because he's got Peyton Manning's endorsement, so I think that's probably worth something. But but Aaron Glenn, the minute he was caught on on video <laughs> laughing about Kyler Murray, that was I'm the like, end of that. Yeah, that's the end of that. Yeah, and, and yeah, you know what I would do too if I were the Cardinals because they don't obviously don't mind prodding and poking Kyler Murray a little bit. You send him a video of that. Yeah. Say, say, listen, dude, you might not know this, but this is kind of what they're thinking about you. And if you don't know this, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. But here's some advice to candidates like Aaron Glenn. If you have head coaching aspirations, maybe don't talk that freely about personnel from other teams and podcasts. Mm, that is a good call. It will always come back to bite you. Probably came back to bite you. Well, probably Kyler thinking, Murray's not going anywhere. They just gave their head coach a five-year extension. There's no way that job will be open. I could talk openly <laughs> and freely about them. <laughs> Kingsbury will outlast Kyler Murray. Whoop. Uh, Whoopsies. The thing is this. All right, we're at Media Row right now, guys. We will be all week long. Uh, we mentioned running the into Rihanna. Is palpable. Hopefully, the oh, excitement yeah. is palpable. There, there are morning. at least eight people in this I, room right now. It, the buzz is it's unbelievable. Thrilling. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. Absolutely. Okay, so aside from Rihanna, whom I am hoping to run into. Yes, you and me both. Uh, you know, with delusion, I'm sure she won't get within feet of me. But who else are we hoping to see this week? Who else are we hoping to talk to this week? I, I don't know. I mean, is this just a dream list, or is this people that are actually possible? Dream list. Oh. You know, I've always wanted to interview Adam Sandler. Oh. Is he going to be in town? No. <laughs> well, as somebody who has interviewed Adam Sandler, let me tell you something, Vinny. Overrated. Because <gasps> you're not a... You're not an appreciator of his art. He might have. Yeah, no, literally. And I've told this story before uh, doing the show with MJ. Adam Sandler sat down with us in Dallas. This was the same day that Madonna walked right by us, literally like feet from us. And sports writers were like, oh, right? And so Adam Sandler sat down in like that chair, and it was MJ there and me here. And Adam just like did one of these during the break. <laughs> Turn around. Yeah. Yeah, you like, like small small turn around and face, face the other way, and like, oh, oh, we're on now. Okay, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was less than. What is what I gotta say. It was less than. That's funny. Yeah, that was pretty pathetic, but hey. <laughs> you said it, not me. We'll hold out hope. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Rush you Hour reboot every morning at seven thirty, where Sarah takes us through the big stories of every morning. Uh, I want to remind you, you can always text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. It's always open. Coming up next, Suns coming off a good weekend, and one of their key players is probably playing his best basketball of his career. What does that mean moving forward this week? We'll get into all the possibilities next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings live from Media Road, Super Bowl 57 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Cam Johnson, top of the arc. He penetrates, puts it up with the left hand. No, blocks off the window. Aiton gets the loose ball out to Bridges, who drills the three from the left corner and turns and gives his teammates the look right on the bench. That's where he knocks it down from. Midway through the fourth, Suns back up 14, 103-89. John Bloom on the call Saturday night. Suns in Detroit. Mikel Bridges doing his thing, playing great basketball. A 30-15 and game for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I did not expect to be talking about a 2-0 and start to the road trip when we left the airwaves because Boston was the first game on that trip, Bick. It was a really good weekend for the Phoenix Suns. But now moving forward and 
considering the news that nearly happened yesterday, and we have to assume that it nearly happened because the uh, rumors are out there on what the Suns offered the Brooklyn Nets for Kyrie Irving, what does that mean to the guys on this team right now? Mm-hmm. Guys like Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, two names that have come up in trade talks in recent months and really over the past year. Could they be on their way out? It, it, I think it's a fair yeah. question. Yeah, and, and I think the idea that Chris Paul was floated in a trade proposal to the Nets for Kyrie Irving, I think that has stopped a lot of people in their tracks because just because of what Chris Paul has meant to this program. I mean, again, if you back up a couple of years and see where we came from as a basketball franchise culture-wise and success-wise, it's it's been a dramatic um, turn of events. It, it may not feel that way now since we're in year three of this, of this prolonged run, uh-huh. but it... But in real time, what Chris Paul brought to us can never be forgotten, no matter how this ends up. And so for Chris Paul to be dangled out there, you, you have to wonder what that means. You have to wonder if, if Chris Paul is okay with that. If Chris Paul is like, what? Me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know how we internalize this. But again, you you do know this, and I know this, and it and it 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 doesn't serve anyone to lie about this. When players learn they've been traded or floated in trade rumors, it changes them. It changes the way they think and feel. It does, but I'm also willing to bet, without knowing right off the top of my head, willing to bet that this hasn't been the first time Chris Paul's no. been mentioned in a, in, no. a, in a deal before the deadline. No. Um, the but, Andre- but internally, but I'm I, not to interrupt you, but internally, if the rest of the people around Chris Paul go, whoa, they, CP3 was in a trade yeah. offer? Yeah. That, that is true. It, it could have ripple effects. There's no doubt about it. Um, we talked about Mikel Bridges. At the beginning of this run... Um, on this very show, I said it, and I won't even pin it on you. I didn't think Mikel Bridges could become the go-to 20-point scorer per night. He's become that for mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns. He's playing his best offensive basketball uh, of his career. Um, he's a coveted guy anyway because of his age, because of his versatility, his skill set defensively, his ability uh, to play multiple positions mm-hmm. defensively, and now he's becoming a reliable three-point shooter and a guy who can hit 20 points a night. What does that do uh, for his his trade stock and you know how attractive he is to other teams well, out there? If, if you're accurate in that he has become that and that this isn't just a prolonged good stretch of basketball, then why would you even want to trade a guy like that? Especially when he's I, as affordable as Mikael Bridges happens to be. Had this streak not happened for Mikael Bridges, I don't think the Suns want to deal him. Mm-hmm. But if the report that was out there yesterday from, from Chris B. Haynes, hey, if Kevin Durant becomes All available right. now. Okay, so we're talking about KD. Yes, if if I, KD's in play, would you yeah. trade Mikael Bridges? Yes. Okay. Are you trading Mikael Bridges for OG Ananobi? No. Probably not. Uh, but we're talking about Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. who's an all-timer. Yes, I think that becomes kind of a a, a juicy topic. Oh yes, and it well, and it changes the conversation dramatically because again, I think Suns fans have to understand to get Kevin Durant, you're not just you're not going to get him for giving the Nets leftovers. And one of the things that I have noticed in in some of the rumors from last off season to now is that James Jones seems to value his players more than other teams do. Yes. I would agree with that. Okay. I would agree with that. And so if that's the case, then I think there's a disconnect as to how you're actually going to get deals done, and that's one of the things that I've heard about 
um, the Phoenix Suns is that teams can't get any traction dealing with them because they don't know where James Jones is coming from. So if Kevin Durant is truly now in a position where he is going to tell the Nets, trade me right now, or even in the offseason, and if he wants to go to the Phoenix Suns, of course you have to consider that. And and it would co- it would cost something painful to give up to get him. Right? Yeah, I don't know. If Durant gets moved before Thursday, I don't think it's going to be as a result of Durant asking out. Because it, you know, now the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. If you do that, it becomes public. The Nets are then operating in, a, in an area of weakness. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant might just bite his, bite his tongue for another couple months, mm-hmm. play this out, and then maybe revisit what we all talked about last summer. Yeah. Right, because I think Kevin Durant, for him to for him to want out right now, would mean he would have to follow up with another trade request. Yes, and and he and I think he knows all too well what that is going to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there are Golden State Warrior fans who are clamoring for a reunion with KD. Obviously, here in Phoenix, it's it's kind of spark back thoughts that, that maybe this guy can be had. Obviously to me, Vinny, you go all in on Kevin Durant, but again, but again you're going to ha- you're gonna have to convince the Nets that D.A. is the 30-15 and 15 guy we saw on Saturday. Yeah, it's the first time he's done that in his career, by the way. Right. Uh, and he did it in front of his new prospective owner, Matt <laughs> Ishbia, yes, he's he days did. away from taking over, and he talked about that. He not really not one on one yet, but I just know he's a basketball man, and uh, I just want to let him know he he walked himself into a family that loves basketball and we compete. And, you know, um, I say we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of dudes on this team with a lot of great hearts. But at the end of the day, we come together and we have a culture where you know we play defense, share the ball, show up early, and you know, we just compete, man. We show a lot of gratitude to each other as well to make it easier on the floor. So we make his job easy, man. We got guys around each other. So it's going to be fun. Man. What was it like seeing him here for a road game? I know he's oh, from here, but still. Pressure, man. <laughs> I'm like, can we like, ah, yeah. I thought I had a tie on on the board. I'm like, okay, fix your tie. <laughs> no, it was fun, though. It was good to put a performance on. And, you know, just coming off the back-to-back as well to show him that, you know, we can't play do our best. And, you know, it don't matter. You know, we play together, and we, we will get the job done. I play a DeAndre Ayton sound bites on this show now just because I want to hear what he has to say, and I want to gauge Dan Bickley's reaction uh-huh. to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one wasn't bad. No, that wasn't bad. But, you know, that was only DeAndre Ayton's eighth career 30-point game. Which is in five, kind of mind-numbing. In five years. Yeah, yeah. you, you would think that a, a guy who can get 20 in his sleep would, would push the 30 barrier a little more often. Yeah, but he's playing. Look, he, he is playing well. Yeah, he is playing well. And their performance on Friday night, it, it's... I really thought the Suns were going to be competitive because you know how the NBA works. Uh, the, the Celtics were coming off a raucous blowout. The Suns had just endured a blowout. Uh-huh. Generally, when that happens, the two teams oh, kind of meet in the I mean, middle. The way it shook out, I was like, has there ever been a shutout in the NBA? The Suns missed like their first 10 shots. I'm thinking, uh, oh, no, no this is going to be right. a disaster. 80 to nothing deficit. And they went from ice cold to red hot. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. And played great basketball after that first stretch. And, and closed night. it out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and, and the, w- when Boston decided to get serious with the game, yes. the Suns held him off. That was a great win for him Friday night. Absolutely great win. We're halfway through on this Monday. Vic's going to kick Fire! off the second Fire! half of the show with the Bickley Blast. And he's excited about it, as you can tell. It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings live from Meteor Row, Super Bowl 57 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.